0: It's week 3 of the season. This is the LXG. We're on a mission trying to find who that faggot be.
1: Sit down. Sit
0: down. Welcome, everybody, to yet another Solo Sit Down. This is the LXG Podcast, and I'm your host. I'm known as the guy who puts things inside Moise's mom. Uh, but we will keep my real name off of the interwebs because I would like to find a job with a respectable company one day, and uh, don't need my flagrant use of cursing and uh, uh, anti-LGBTQ slang slurs uh, thrown all over the internet. So, uh, I'm 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 that guy that got what you need. So yeah, so so welcome um, to yet another podcast. I'm guessing if you're listening to this, then you didn't absolutely hate last week's, which I will take as a compliment. Um, again, I was extremely tired. I couldn't remember who Julio Jones was. And um, I think I kept getting Lamar Miller and Lamar Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson and David Miller all mixed up, so... Um, I don't know that I'll be doing that again this week. Hopefully, we'll be in a little bit better shape. Hopefully, again, we'll continue to keep this to a minimum. And um, again, I don't have all those really cool numbers and figures that Sanford typically brings to the table. However, I've got some jokes. Um, And I did spend some time putting together a little bit of an outline, things to go over. So... We will, we will get into this, um, but first off, I want to start off um, with a moment for everyone who is a little bit down on their team. Um, it is week three, two weeks in the book, so there are a couple teams that are winless, and that is common after two weeks. We've seen that quite a bit in years past. It never feels good, though. I've been there more times than I care to think about. So we are going to take a moment for those teams. If you if you feel good about your team right now, just just go ahead and sit back and and be glad that you're not in this kind of mood.
1: If it makes you less sad, I will die by your hand Hope you find out what you want, but you know what I am If it makes you less sad, start talking again You can tell me how vile, but you know that I am I'll grow old, start acting my age. A brand new day in a life that you Pay A crown of gold, heart that's harder than stone, and it hurts a whole lot. It's a twenty. It God, call me a safe bet. I'm betting I'm not. I'm glad that you can forgive. I'm only hoping that as time goes, you can forget. If it makes you less sad, I'll move out of the state And keep to yourself, I'll keep out of your way If it makes you less sad, I'll take your pictures all down Every picture you paint, I will paint myself out Cold as a tomb And it's dark in your room When I sneak to your bed Pour salt in your wounds So call it quits Or get a crap so you wanted a solution Just want it to be Call me a safe bet I'm betting I'm not I'm glad that you can forgive I'm only hoping that as time goes You can forget So you can fall you can forget You are calm and Let your beauty unfold How I like the skin Stretched over your bones Spring keeps you ever close You are secondhand smoke You are so fragile and thin Any trial for your sins Holding on to yourself The best you can You're the smell before rain You're the blood in my veins Call me a safe bed. I'm betting on that I'm glad that you can forgive only hoping that as time goes, you can forget.
0: All right, that was brand new with The Boy Who Blocked His Own Shot. So just an emo moment for the week. Figured I would give that to those teams who are not feeling too great about themselves. And let's go ahead and move on from there. So... Looking at things after two weeks, we've kind of seen a few trends, although it's hard to say that these are going to be long-term trends. Obviously, we've got three undefeated teams. We've got three no-win teams, and then everyone's sitting right in the middle. So this is something we commonly see at the beginning of the season. It's not until Weeks 3, Week 4, where you start to get some real separation from some of these teams. So keep that in mind as we look at these numbers. Um, But before we get into all the numbers, let's take a look. Uh, the injuries that have been going on. So we talk about things leading up to the season, and those teams that are, especially over the last couple years, that are making the playoffs and that are doing well are those teams that we see with with no injuries. Uh, We saw Moise win a championship with LaShawn McCoy and Devontae Freeman, two typically injury-prone backs um, who performed extremely well, were healthy all season, took them to a ship. Uh, Last year, we saw Andrew with the Saquon and, of course, I'm blanking right now. Who do you have? Uh, Todd Gurley. Was it Saquon and Gurley? Sure. He had those two, took him to the playoffs, and was a couple games away from winning a ship. So injuries are actually pretty huge. If you don't have a healthy team, especially the team that you drafted, that you invested in, It doesn't matter. You can play the waivers. You can make those claims. I I wish I had some figures. Sanford and I were talking. He did have some numbers put together that were based on the statistics over the last couple years of teams making the playoffs based on their win-loss records initially in the season. Now, whether or not those injuries are happening early on in the season um, that equate to that, I I can't tell you. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge statistics guy. Uh, In that, I I don't understand the specifics. Um, I can read something and obviously understand it. um, But basically, Sanford was saying something about the deviation of the mean of the intellectual properties of the teams that were circulating um, around the antithesis of the metamorphosizing um, speculum. Something along those lines. Basically, if you don't win early whether it's a healthy team or due to injuries, then your chances of making the playoffs are not very great. So let's just take a look at a couple of the teams that are facing injuries this season. We've got some guys who are already out of the gate. Uh, Domestic violence, nothing notable. Um, Hot Pockets, nothing notable. The adorable puppies, again, no, no notable injuries. I I looked at this earlier, guys, and if I'm overlooking something, I do apologize. Um, But the big things I saw this year, obviously, uh, cock and blockers has been hit pretty hard. Tyreek Hill um, out for an unknown number of weeks, Uh, just lost Drew Brees. Now, that hurt him in this game. We'll talk about that when we talk about the week two matchups. Um, But, again, I mean, this is a quarterback you draft to start your team. So, cockin has got those. Jazz Cabbage, A.J. Green's going to be out longer than expected. Michael Gallup is going to be out a couple weeks. Um, And, obviously, you say Michael Gallup, you know, not a big deal. But in the Jazz Cabbage's team, that was a starting wide receiver. Um, And we'll see, as we're talking again about the teams, that that's where Drew's really hurting. Hand grenades, I guess, Darius Geis. Darius Guys wasn't actually a starter, um, but, I mean, I don't know if that dude's ever been healthy. Uh, Let's see, Bukaki lost Alshon Jeffrey, which, okay, one of your wide receivers. Uh, The Buffalo Jockeys, Tevin Coleman and Deshaun Jackson are out. So, you know, flex player probably is wide receiver three, if that. Um, I, I think at this point, let's see, Necros lost Hunter Henry, was able to make a waiver claim. So... That worked out not to be a huge impact, even though we know tight end is kind of a crapshoot. Rate Babies lost their running back one in Joe Mixon last week. Uh, He did play, but obviously after an injury, you're not relying on that, especially with the offensive line that the Bengals have. I think he put up 2.7 points, so that's a big impact. Just lost David and Joku, um, and Hawkinson did not repeat his Gronk-like week one, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, and there's been some other guys, obviously the, the, the NFL has lost four quarterbacks already. So Ben Roethlisberger, Drew B- Brees, um, Big Ben's out for the season, Breeze is out for a number of weeks. Uh, Nick Foles out for the season and Andrew Luck uh, just gave up on football because he was tired of being power bombed. So not only the direct injuries that these teams have, but obviously with with losing quarterbacks like that, it ends up changing your team outlooks. You know, there was there was. There were questions about the Colts offense without Andrew Luck. Are the T.Y. Hiltons and the Marlon Max going to be as efficient? Um, Are they going to score as many points? Uh, Nick Foles being out. Obviously, the the guys like D.D. Westbrook, probably the only piece on uh, that that Jags offense that people were interested in behind Fournette is basically worthless. And we see guys like D.J. Chark step up because, hey, Now we've got the quarterback who was thrown to the twos and threes out in the field, thrown to the twos and threes. Um, Breeze is yet to be seen. Obviously, that had an impact in the one game. Um, And Roethlisberger, I I don't know. Um, Again, it's too early in the season to really tell. But having these, these injuries definitely plays an impact. And so week two, we saw some consistency from some of the teams, whether that be good or bad. Week three may be completely different uh, with some of these changes. So, again, now I'm just now I'm just talking. Let's just jump into these week two matchups. So, rather than go team by team, I figured I would go matchup by matchup here. And I'm going in the order that they're displayed to me on ESPN. So, we're going to start with what was my matchup, which was the Necros versus the Jazz Cabbage. So, you know, going into week two, we had uh, five undefeated teams. Two of those played in the Necros and the Jazz Cabbage. Uh, looking back, um, I actually had predicted myself to win. Uh, Sanford did not. Um, After the huge week one that the Jazz Cabbage had, it's understandable why. I was not sold on Jazz Cabbage coming out of week one. You know, everyone's liable to have a good week where all of your players hit. And I thought that might have been what happened. Jazz Cabbage... Still put up a great game. Um, their points for are massive. We'll talk about that a little bit more once we talk about standings. Um, but uh, for the second week in a row, it came down to Monday night game for myself. Jazz Cabbage was um, up going into Sunday night. I uh, had a good Sunday night. Um, put me up. I don't recall. It wasn't as close as the game with Bukaki the week before. But I won by five points. Um, One of the big things that helped the Necros win this game was that David Johnson left the game on Sunday for some time, did come back. Still had a respectable day considering he missed time. I think he put up upwards of six points, Um, but an aggravation to his wrist, uh, which caused him to miss part of the season. Actually the whole season, I guess, what, two years ago, Um, whatever it was, David Johnson left the game kept five points off of the uh, scoreboard and Necros one to go on to a 2-0 undefeated what I will say about my team um, is a very inconsistent team. I've been lucky. I, not inconsistent. I've got good points for um, But I've had one running back hit each week. So Chris Carson hit week one. Aaron Jones was a dud. Week two, they flip-flopped. So I've had one, um, one running back hit, and I've had one wide receiver hit each week. Um, some consistency with Ridley has been nice. Hopkins busted at four points last week. I've I've got boom weeks in week one and two by Dak Prescott, which is nice, you know, being able to watch the Cowboys games and enjoy them. But the question is, is how long will those last? Is is Prescott going to be putting up 30 points a week? I, I don't know. That would be awesome, right? For all the Cowboys fans in this group, that'd be great to see. Um, and then I've been fortunate uh, picking up Mark Andrews. Um, had a great week in week one, uh, week two, number one tight end on the season. But is he real? I don't know. I hope so. That kind of plays into Jazz Cabbage. Obviously, uh, the Jazz Cabbage picked up Lamar Jackson prior to the season. Um, number, uh, I think he's the number one quarterback. I, At this point, him, Dak, and Mahomes have all had great, great seasons. And I'm not going to flip through ESPN. I'm just going off my outline. So the question is, is Lamar Jackson the truth? Um, it looks like it after a couple weeks. We'll see as the season progresses. Obviously, Jazz Cabbage has some great running backs. The number one running back in the league is on his team in Austin Eckler, and that's his flex player. Uh, again, he's going to be a great running back as long as Gordon's not around. We'll see how that plays out. But at this point, Jazz wants to win early in the season, and that's what it's going to take to start to get into those playoffs later on. Uh, Chris Godwin's a legit wide receiver three. He's got Evan Ingram, who's a tight end, number three on the season. The rest of his team, you know, he's got some dart throws. So you can tell, especially looking at his roster claims after the last two weeks, he's looking to fill in that wide receiver slot. I think I did see that Gordon was on the trade uh, bench, docket, trade, whatever. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he's looking to trade for a wide receiver. So that's out there if anyone's interested. Uh, you'd have to talk to Drew. Um, but that's where he's hurting right now. So. He's writing out his team for as long as he can, one and one after the nasty loss to the Necros, um, but still a powerhouse team, projected to finish number one according to ESPN's end of the season uh, algorithm that they put together this year. So, you know, we got to thank ESPN. They lost all of our stats going back almost a decade, but they got this, this really cool projector up there now. So good job, ESPN. Next matchup of the week is the Cock and Blockers versus the Buffalo Jockeys. This was a crazy game. So, Cock and Blockers had an injury to Drew Brees early in the game. Cock and Blockers needed a 15-point day from their quarterback to win this game. Drew Brees had, I think, negative 0.6 points when he got injured and is was gone. Basically, had Brees not gotten injured, probably would have swayed this game. The interesting thing is that though they're 15 points for a quarterback is not a huge deal. There were a number of quarterbacks on the wire who put up 15 points, including guys like Gardner Minshew. However, the other quarterback on this roster was Jameis Winston, who put up a 13-point week. Had Winston been in instead of Drew Brees, Cocken would have been that much closer, would not have gotten the win, would have been probably even more disappointed. but. He made some some moves this week. I think we've got Stafford starting this week, which is probably a best case scenario there. Cockin Blockers has the number two running back on the season in the NFL. He's got Dalvin Cook. Um, every other position on his team, he's been inconsistent over two weeks. So again, close week this week, um, but not not looking like a great team. That's the reason for the brand new song. Teams like Cockin just need to be able to soak that in and then sit down and listen to this. You know, Kyle, we love you. We're rooting for you. We're sorry your peppers went to waste. Keep plugging away. Keep trying. The Buffalo Jockeys uh, lost to Sean Jackson. So, Deshaun Jackson put up zero on his team, and he still came out with a win thanks to Cock and Blocker's team. So, Jockeys, there's not much else to say. Um, Jockeys put up 88.8 points with essentially two players on his team not doing anything. Deshaun Jackson and uh, I don't remember his tight end. Again, don't have that information up, but he had a player put up, I think, 1.6 sub two points, put up. 88 almost 89 points with two players not performing He's still three and0 on the season I think jockeys are looking to bounce back he does have the second highest waiver claims behind drew who's just swapping guys out just to get that number up hey, drew we don't get a bonus on on the waiver moves that you make but it's fine do what you do keep beating our asses jockeys they're rolling along just fine um they'll roll into this week uh, hoping to continue that so Third matchup of the week, we've got the hand grenades versus the Adorable Puppies. Um, The deciding factor in this game was the Adorable Puppies defense. The New England defense against Miami had four interceptions, two touchdowns, and seven sacks. New England defense put up 37 points against the Puppies, which won this game. I... I, I don't know what to say. Uh, I mean, Saquon Barkley had a great week for the Puppies. So, you know, Puppies went all in on the running backs, went all in on the quarterback. Baker had a better week. Uh, Kamara is still not playing up to his potential, had a four-point week. We'll see how that changes with Drew Brees not there because obviously he's a pass-catching back. That's where a lot of his touches come from. Hopefully that doesn't uh, hurt. I love Alvin Kamara. He's Tennessee alum. Love the dude. uh, Again, Saquon with a 19-point week. Puppies had three players that put up under 3.5 points. I'll say that again. A third of his team put up under 3.5 points. But a 37-point defense will win you weeks, guys. Just do that. Look for the defense that's going to put up thirty-seven points. Pick them up, and you'll beat anyone. Now, on the other side of this matchup is the hand grenades, who have been struggling. So after two weeks, has uh, had no players boom. No players just have great weeks. Um, he's had Cam Newton struggling. Cam Newton isn't even going to start this week, most likely. Um, and O.J. Howard, you know, a lot of a lot of hype around O.J. Howard going into the season put up zero points so that being said you know the grenades had a tough week even without that 37 point defense grenades still would have lost to eight other teams in the league there was two teams that scored lower than him am i doing my math right i don't know one team one team we'll call it one team all right so yeah the emo song of the week was for you the fourth matchup Let's take a look at the Hot Pockets versus the domestic violence. So, the big deciding factor in this game was Julio's performance on Monday night. I don't know how many of you guys watched the Falcons-Eagles game. It was actually pretty interesting. I was at work. I got to listen to part of it um, in the car on my lunch break. I was following along on the app. I had Calvin Ridley playing, Was trying to was trying to win that game. Julio had a 54-yard touchdown that came on a wide receiver screenplay. just took it to the house. So for those of you who are bad at math, a 54-yard touchdown ends up being 11.4 points. And I don't remember. I think the Necros ended up winning. I'm sorry. I think the DV ended up winning by roughly 12, 13 points. So, yeah. So the DV... Obviously, uh, we people wondered about Mahomes. You know, surely there's going to be a regression. I don't think so. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw another 50 touchdowns this year. It doesn't matter who's out there. He makes Sammy Watkins look good. He makes Robinson look good. He makes Michael Hardman, uh, Travis Kelsey. They all look good. Even, even. Yeah, I mean, even LaShawn McCoy is a better player on a team with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, I think, just does that. And I actually went back and was watching some interviews with people in the NFL, especially on the defensive side of the ball, talking about Mahomes. And it's hilarious watching these guys just come to this realization of how good he is at football. Just he's – yeah, it's Mahomes. Um, so he's got Mahomes. He's going to be one of the top two to three quarterbacks. He he will outlast the Dak Prescotts and the Lamar Jacksons. Probably going to be number one quarterback in the year. Uh, Julio off to a hot start definitely helps. We've seen in years past where – Julio takes a couple weeks to get going. Obviously, you know, 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. Uh, No, not going to happen this year. He's off to a good start. DV's running backs, good enough. Um, And then basically the domestic violence is really a solid flex player away from basically taking everyone else's hopes away of winning a ship. If he had a solid player in that flex position – you could hope to make the playoffs, but you're probably not beating DV unless it's a really bad day. And ESPN's projection agrees with me; they've got DV at number one end of season. So the hot pockets, Moise is again in that in that that section of living and being where he's got a team that he drafted that is the perfect example of good enough. So Derrick Henry, who I still can't stand. Still performing, even tonight. We're not talking about the Thursday night game. Still playing. Uh, Williams is still doing things. Basically, the Pockets have really had no boom players who have just blown up on the week, but they haven't had any busts either. The team he drafted is performing where they're supposed to. And uh, news, news. Moise did make a waiver claim this week. With his first waiver pickup of the season, Moise claimed Will Disley after a two-touchdown performance last week. He now has Disley as a backup tight end to George Kittle. And this Hot Pockets waiver move monitor moment has been brought to you by none other than White Claw. Discover a new wave of refreshment. Crafted using our unique brew Pure process, White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. That's absolutely right, guys. Nothing tastes quite like a delicious cold White Claw. Pick one up if you can find them. They are still a hot commodity. They are still having an issue getting them into stores. I did enjoy some delicious mango and black cherry White Claws last weekend, along with some Deep Ellen Brewing Company, Blind lemon, lemon seltzer. It's delicious. Let's go ahead and move on, though, guys. The last matchup of week two was the Bukaki versus the Rape Babies. I don't know what to say. I can't sugarcoat this. Obviously, the commissioner's my friend. Uh, but the Rape Babies shat the bed. Mike came in to the playground, found the kid on the wheelchair, and pushed him onto the ground. So let's let's talk about Bukaki real quick because there's nothing much to talk about. Bukaki had a good game last week. Uh, lost on the Monday night game to me um, based on his uh, frustrations and his chastising of the fantasy gods. It was a bad week for him. Uh, bounced back, uh, Russell Wilson, OBj, Vance McDonald, John Ross. All had boom weeks. Uh, bounce back week by Sony Michelle uh, played well. The the Alshon Jeffrey injury had absolutely no impact in the game, mainly because the babies thought it was their bye week. Uh, one player on this team scored double digit points, and that was his quarterback. I uh, also had one player who exceeded his projections for the week. Also the quarterback. He had three players bust. Uh, basically, uh, we're looking after two weeks. Looks like a very low floor team, um, which which absolutely hurts. And he's not getting much more performance out of his bench. They're all performing about the same. If you ask Sanford, his team is the worst. He's willing to bet black licorice bets with you all week. Um, the team just has not looked good after two weeks. And we'll see how that keeps up. That being said, I mean, we can we can keep talking about how bad the team is, or we can take a look at the standings. So, like I said, and 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 trying to keep this uh, podcast within a decent time frame, uh, the standings after two weeks are only so telling. We don't have a lot of data to go off of, um, but again, we've got. Three teams at 2-0 undefeated. We've got three teams at 0-2 who are still chasing their first win. And we've got four 1-1 one one teams who are chilling in the middle. Probably don't feel too terrible about their uh, the teams. Some of it may be issues with the matchups. But let's look at this. So of the 3-0 teams, uh, the Jazz Cabbage is in the lead uh, by 35 points on the season. So when we're looking at points four. Jazz, Cabbage are basically dominating. Um, there is already a 100 point variance between the number one and the number ten team. That's I mean after two weeks, that's huge. That's 50 points a week consistently. Um, of the 0 and three teams, so the teams that are eight, nine, and ten. That is obviously the rate babies at eight. Hand grenades at nine and the cock and blockers at 10. There are 13 points separating those three as far as points for standings go. Um, And obviously that's going to be huge as we move on into the season because points for is that tiebreaker. Uh, Points against kind of interesting as well. Um, Nothing, nothing real crazy. What I found interesting was that, again, we talk about points against the numbers eight, nine, and ten teams also have our number one, number two, number three in points against, meaning that they're in last place because teams keep scoring huge points against them. What is interesting, though, is the number four team is... The North Texas Necros, because fuck fantasy football, doesn't matter how good I am, or even mediocre, if you play me, you're going to have your best game of the week. Which is exactly why I don't have myself predicted to win this week. I think Joel's going to stop me, his team's good, and they're playing the Necros, so they're going to have a good week. Segway, speaking about the domestic violence, also has the lowest points against. So flip the spectrum we've got these eight nine and ten no-win teams just getting hammered dv has the lowest points against 170 points against that is what 85 points per week the hand grenades at number 10 and the domestic violence at number one have a variance of 96 points against so as as crazy um as huge as a So again, take it as you will. After two weeks, it is what it is. And going into week three, things are going to be just as interesting. So to kind of follow back before we get into week three, for those of you guys that are following the predictions this year, I know typically they would come out in the league note. Um, However, league notes are no longer a thing. So they are still being done. And I will start sending those out. We'll talk about them on the podcast if we've got the podcast. And we will talk about I'll shoot it out in the, in the league chat. Um, obviously, probably won't put anything on the website. The website's going to go by the wayside. Seems kind of pointless to keep that up. If there's not going to be any league notes, I'll just start sharing some Spotify links for the podcast, which obviously I did if you're listening to this. So that's that. But as far as projections go on the season, week one's always pretty crazy. Week two, we settle in a bit. So I am winning the prediction battle against Sanford out of 10 games so far. Uh, I've got him at 6-4, I believe it is. Um, he, wa- he got one prediction correct. I got two correct in week one. He had three correct. I had four correct last week. Um, Had I had less faith in his team and expected the Bukaki to win, I would have guessed five of five last week. So big pats on the back to me. I'm good at something for what that's worth. Uh, Going into week three, we've got the domestic violence playing the Necros. Sanford and I are split. He thinks Necros are going to win. I've got Joel in this one. Um Hot Pockets are playing the Buffalo Jockeys. So the other 3-0 team in the Jockeys going against the Hot Pockets, who have a good team, we're split on that one as well. Your Commissioner's got the Pockets. I'm going with the Jockeys. They haven't proven me wrong the first two weeks. I'm sticking with them, so don't let me down. The rest of these matchups are going to be consistent. Bukaki versus the Hand Grenades. Obviously, Hand Grenades last place. Their team hasn't shown us anything. We got Bukaki to win that one. The Adorable Puppies versus Jazz Cabbage. Again, another one of those. Jazz Cabbage is just a a wrecking ball with a naked Miley Cyrus on top of it, swinging towards like an SPCA center, and is just going to burst through the wall, destroy all those Adorable Puppies. Uh, Jazz has taken that one. And then we've got the Cock and Blockers versus the Rate Babies. Two winless teams. Someone is going to be 0 3 after this week. We all seem to think it's going to be the Rate Babies. However, honestly, this could go either way. According to the standings, um, Rate Babies have Cock and Blockers by nine points on the season. Nope, I'm sorry. Rape Babies have cock and blockers by 13 points on the season. Rape Babies also have about 18 points against more. So, again, I'm, now we're just talking about numbers and no one cares. We'll see how everything plays out. We'll see where we're at as far as predictions go after this week. Um, and And, yeah, I mean, we're going to have at least one undefeated team, possibly two. We're going to have at least one winless team possibly two, and then there's going to be all that mash in the middle of the people who are like, ah, I still got a shot at the playoffs, even though you probably don't, or, ah, man, I'm going to be a faggot, and you probably are. So that being said, guys, week two's in the bag, we're going into week three, I'm excited to see how many more waiver moves Moise makes this week and enjoy a delicious cold White Claw, and yeah. Um, I will be putting a link in the Spotify channel. So this podcast whole deal is fairly new, but I found out that you guys can leave messages for me, which I can then turn around and play on the air if you want to. So there is a link you can go to and record that message. I think I'm going to try and make it happen. And if you so feel inclined, leave me a message. We might play it on the air. It might give me some feedback on what to do better and what not to do. So that's it, guys. That's week two in the bags. Week three is in the air. And if you haven't cut your wrists yet, give yourself another week. That'll make it even better when you're 0-3. All right, guys. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.
1: Somebody pray me, a for me. I yeah. Yeah. up, no,
0: bitch, it's oh. a yeah.